Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of South Burb Sitman. I am back again. I am your host, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined as always by my White Sox brother in arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi. Steven Zim Zimmerman couldn't be with us tonight. And a huge thanks, as always, to Aldo Gandia, the barkeeper, for filling in for me last week and hanging out with these hoodlums last, last show. It was a fun time. I got to watch it while I was on the road. Uh, all great stuff, but uh, I'm back. And Vinny, since last week, it's been a bit of a fire sale. It sure has, Joe. But before we get going, uh, yeah, thank you to Aldo Gandia and Mike North for joining us last week. Tons Absolutely. of fun as normal. Really quick, how was New York? Dude, New York was great, man. As you can see, I got my hat. I went to the New York City MLB store. Uh, totally cool experience. Had a ball down there that... It, I was telling Zim and you in, in text, I was kind of impressed with the amount of prominence the White Sox held in that store. I didn't expect it because I was going into the Big Apple, you know, of course, with the Yankees and all the other popular teams. But there was a lot of White Sox stuff, Zim or Zim, Vin. <laughs> you guys look like totally look exactly the same. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was great. I, I, we, we went to the, that. Uh, I, w- I will tell you, I was really disappointed by the Nintendo store. Um, I did go with my wife just to walk through it while we were in Rockefeller Center, and uh, it was just disappointing. There's not much there. It was kind of boring, and they had a bunch of, like, little kitty stuff, so nothing cool. Uh, but we went on top of Rockefeller Center. We got to see all the view of the city. We got to go in the Rainbow Room, the famous Rainbow Room. Um, that was really cool. And then my wife and I went to a Broadway show on Sunday. We went to go see Moulin Rouge. That was fantastic. And then, Vin, we went to um, Carmine's, uh, the Italian place, famous uh, New York spot for dinner right after that in Times Square. Before that, we stumbled through Times Square because we were a little early for our reservation. And I forgot how much of a human cesspool 
of bodies it is. Oh my God, man. Talk about being claustrophobic. Um, that was wild. <laughs> and then just did a lot of adventuring the rest of the time, man. I had some good bagels, some good smoked salmon. Of course, had some good pizza. As you guys saw, I went to John's on Bleecker and then across the street from there, which I should upload this video to the show. Maybe while we're talking, I'll do it in the background. Uh, we went to a pizza making class across the street at a place called Little Charlie, which was also on Barstool Portnoy. I went there and gave it an 8-1, so that's not a slouch either, especially for a Neapolitan, which Dave doesn't like. But, uh, man, I got to meet the chef, got to put a pie right in the wood fire oven. It was a good time, Vin. I, I, had a, I had a ball, man. I can't wait to go back. That's very cool. So uh, New York is one of my favorite places to make fun of because, like, it just makes all the natural New Yorkers, like, really angry. But it's very for, stinky. I'll give you it, that. Oh, it stinks. There's garbage all over the place. It's disgusting compared to Chicago. But they make good food. I love the bright lights of Times Square at night. Okay? I, I was a huge fan when I went. I had a great time. So I fully understand your whole shtick that you had the whole time you were there. I'm glad you ate tons of pizza. That's the key. When I went, I ate like 30 slices of pizza over the span yeah, too of much, but it was I'm good. not even exaggerating. Probably around 30 slices. There were some places where we got like five or six at a time. And then there were a couple stops where you get one at a time. So it's just sure. very New York. And so I'm happy you got to go to the MLB store. I also like hearing that, you know, you expect plenty of, Yankees and Mets stuff at the MLB store in New York, of course, but it's an all MLB store and they embrace that because the NHL store was the same way. Of course, there was a whole little section that had Devils, Islanders and Rangers gear, you know, the, sure. three, the three teams that are within a 20 mile radius. But the NHL as a whole was so well represented. And so I love hearing that the White Sox were prominent there. They have cool gear, the White Sox, no matter what. Oh, yeah. No matter what you could say about this complete garbage baseball team, they always <laughs> look good out there. There's no, the South That's Side right. jerseys are sweet. The pinstripes are awesome. The White Sox have one of the best get ups in the MLB. So we need to see those jerseys on display in the World Series more often. But, you know, I'm happy to hear that you enjoyed the MLB store experience. Very good. I'm happy you had a yeah. good trip. Yeah, man. And there was a, there was a gold glove award on display there. I got to check that out. So that was cool. Um, and I forgot one store I got to go in, Vin, which is nothing to do with baseball, nothing to do with anything, but uh, more of a dad experience. I got to do a walkthrough of the American Girl store, Vin. The one in New York, huh? How is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. I walked through it and I, I felt the debt growing. I felt my, my wallet emptying because I was like, man, I want to buy my daughter everything in here. That's crazy. That's cool. I've been to the one in Chicago and it was impressive for a non-doll player in myself, but like knowing how prominent these toys are to mm -hmm. like little girls and their moms and dads and siblings, whatever, across the world. Hey, I'm I'm all for it. You know, I saw the Barbie movie. I appreciated the culture of that. So I can definitely get behind some American Girl doll store talk. Oh, yeah. My wife has a bunch of classics my, you know i got some of my family that run down old ones and i got all the new ones now there's like harry potter ones now you can get Ooh. like wicked themed ones like all that stuff i there's vin there's a 90s one now there's an 80s one with like a a, a walkman and like an arcade pac-man machine it's unbelievable that's and there's cool. a whole and there's a whole like hair salon inside the store so you can bring your doll to sit in the hair salon 
and get a hair fix or there's a doll hospital where if your doll's broken it it just it's a genius idea whoever thought of it that's impressive <laughs> it i mean really I'm sure it's just a straight up gold mine too like uh, the doll hospital right Dude, or you wouldn't doll believe hair how many salon. people were in there that's incredible hey all power to them i'm sure that'll be something that is part of my life in the not so distant future so hey um, i'm all for it the american girl store Vinny makes an announcement on this show. No, I'm not making oh. an announcement. I thought you were going to say, like, I have all boys. I would. Oh, that know, would be a plot twist. It yeah. would be a plot twist. I just, I don't foresee that happening. Yeah, you never know, man. I Good was girl. too much of an a-hole growing up to, like, not be... To be blessed with, with all girls? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, real quick, other side note, Vin. Uh, my, my, I went to New York with my wife because she had a work event. And they were throwing this, uh, she works for a company called Intern Queen, and they put on this huge party at the Gramercy Theater in New York, and it was an absolute massive success. So shout out to her and her entire team. That was pretty amazing. That is really cool. That's awesome news. Very cool. Congratulations to all of them. But uh, that's it on on the New York front. It looks like you guys had some fun last week. The Mike Mike North episode uh, was pretty excellent. I, I listened back to it the next morning. And partially during. Uh, Michael North, he knows a lot about baseball. He's been around the game for a long time. Um, He has his opinions. I'm with him on 50% of them. I have different (laughs) takes on the other 50%. Um, I have come around not fully to his level. I don't think Tony La Russa was good with the White Sox by any means. But I firmly no longer believe that he was like the number one sole reason that the team stinks. And, you know, he was just a he was a fraction of the pie of stink pizza where, you know, someone like Mike North will say that, you know, he deserves credit for even being decent during that time. And so I and I look at other statistics that prove that, you know, your mean Mercedes had a little bit to do with it. And Jake Lamb and Brian Goodwin. And, you know, those are all things that contributed to that great season in 2021. There's a lot of factors. And so but other than, you know that i would say having mike north on was a pleasure i loved the little clips from raging mouth that are out there that's pretty amazing it's Props a, to aldo for, and yeah. for all that work and, and dan aguire of course too dan aguire and then mike north's wife bb north had oh a yeah huge BB's, part in i mean bb's well. the bb and mike is are like uh it's like you know french fries and burgers you know they just go together yeah, I thought you were. Gonna I should have said a hot, hot dog. dog. That yeah. would have made sense. But you know what? I missed the opportunity. I, I would like to enjoy a Frank with Mike North. I've gotten to have a beer with him before. I had a beer with him at the yeah. Barroom Network party last November. But I'd like to enjoy a dog with Mike North. That would be just fitting. That would be like, that would be like eating a slice of pizza with Portnoy, or with you know, or eating a cheeseburger with Guy Fieri, something like that. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy a hot dog with Mike North. Now, the real question is, do you think Mike North still enjoys hot dogs after all these years? That's a real question. I mean, this is going to sound like an a-hole thing to say. My love for hot dogs has gone down in the last two or three years. Like, I used to crave them. Uh, And I think I ate them just a little bit too much in my early 20s and late teens. And they're not in my top 10 favorite food anymore, but there might come a point in my life again where I go back down the hot dog adventure. Now I'm not saying I'll turn one down. You know, I'm at a ball game. I'm not that dumb. I'm, I don't enjoy them as much as I used to. I'm not dead. So, you know, I enjoy a glizzy every now and again, but I'd like to have one with Mike North. 
Now, if I had like a Gene and Jude's every day, I or a or a Thirty Fifth Street Red Hots, that might be a different story. But I've never said no to Gene and Jude's. I don't think anyone has. Let's you, be honest. Yeah, you would just be like an idiot. You're either an idiot or a vegetarian. If you're a vegetarian, <laughs> like I could give you a pass. But if you're just an idiot, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think you could have the fries there because it's probably like beef lard or something. <laughs> I wouldn't knows? walk in there if I were a vegetarian. There's meat particles in the air. I wouldn't even be able to walk out. If I walked in there, I I would never be a vegetarian again after That's I walked true. in and smelled it. That's true. And, you know, there is something to say about those damn fries. They are so good. That That's arguably just as good as the dog. The fries the fries and those dogs are better than the, the baseball team we're about to talk about. Well, that sure is true. I love how the McDonald's right next door to Gene and Jude's, they'll charge you for ketchup packets if you don't buy anything else. It's hilarious because they just know they're going to, these idiots are going to take the ketchup packets down to Gene and Jude's and put them on the Gene and Jude hot dog. It's just hilarious to me that the McDonald's and Gene and Jude's are both that petty about it. Yeah, dude. Uh, I still I can't handle ketchup on a hot dog anymore. I not sorry anymore. I never could, and, and since I was like five. But I get it. Some people want it. I get it. Yeah, Did on you a see whole... that the White Sox added a bell inside the stadium. Yeah, see, I hate that because I think I think on a non-Chicago dog, there's a place for ketchup. On like I'll put the ketchup on a homemade hot dog, but if you are making a Chicago style, get ketchup out of my face. I never want ketchup and celery salt on the hot dog at the same time. Basically, if there's ketchup on it, it's ketchup only. Wow. Okay. But like if it's the Chicago dog with the mustard and the relish and the onions and the pickle and the sports pepper with topped off with the celery salt, I don't want to even think about ketchup. I don't even want to think about the color red. Wow. Vin, that's an interesting theory. Or not a theory. Uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. Strategy. Take? take yeah it's a good take uh again my wife was a ketchup person i'm not but she agrees sometimes she just doesn't want it on a hot dog i get it absolutely i don't know where we were going we were talking baseball then we talked hot dogs and we kind of went off the rails but you know it doesn't matter this team sucks (laughs) yeah we've talked about nothing for 15 minutes basically yeah, well, you know, that's been the, the whole White Sox season so far. So, But we are going to talk about the trade deadline. That's what the majority of this show is going to be, and that's what we're going to do because, uh, let's see, two, four, what, six White Sox have been traded? Is that right? Let me see. Um, two, so, four, one, two, I think it's five. Three, four, five. Yes. So, so far, to recap for everyone that has been living under a rock, Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez have been traded to the Los Angeles. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is it the Los Angeles Angels yeah. of Anaheim? Right? Yeah. Again? The right name now. Can, can... They're kind of like Pluto of baseball. You, They can't decide what the hell they are. Yeah. All right. And then Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn got traded to the Dodgers. Yep. And uh, uh, Kendall, Kendall Graveman back to the Astros. Yeah. So – it's interesting because each trade has something about it that is like kind of noteworthy. Um, Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez were traded together from the Nationals to the White Sox. They've and never now they're not been on the same organization. Exactly. Right? And now they're traded together from the White Sox to the Angels. And then 
obviously Joe Kelly played for the Dodgers. So him going back there with Lance Lynn, who was traded for Dane Dunning, who the White Sox also got with Giolito and Lopez. Um, they're part of the Dodgers now. So Joe Kelly goes back to the team where he won his second career World Series title. And then Kendall Graveman goes back to the Houston Astros, who he pitched with for about half a season before coming to the Chicago White Sox. You might remember in 2021, the Mariners were right there at the trade deadline and they sold. And a lot of people were pissed. Even players on the Mariners were annoyed about it. Like, what the H are we doing here? What are we trading? And it started because they traded Kendall Graveman, who was like, at the height of his powers at that point in time. And he yeah. goes to the Astros and they make a deep postseason run, end up losing in the world series to the Atlanta Braves. But I mean, there's a reason all three of these trades were made. Every single one of those guys moved. will have a spot on their new team where they're an important piece and the white Sox stock up on some talent. Yeah. Two catcher prospects, right? Then two catcher prospects. Now I'm not surprised They've been low on catcher in the organization for a long time. They took Zach Collins in the first round in 2016, and he was at one point their top prospect. Yeah. And he turned out to kind of be a bit of a bust. And, okay. yeah, a total bust. Um, and they had high hopes for him, but they signed Yasmani Grandal for – $73 million at the time of his signing. It was the largest contract in the history of the Chicago White Sox. He was really good for a season, like MVP worthy good. And then he really tapered off starting last year and he aged. And I hope it teaches the White Sox a lesson. Don't make a catcher in their thirties, the longest, you know, or the highest paid player in team history. It's not Grandal's fault that he started to age. That happens to catchers. Yeah, There's not a catcher under the sun that didn't either switch positions or slow down their production as they got into their 30s. And Grandal's no different. Um, I do think he'll play another year in the MLB, but I'm not. I'm actually not positive he's not DFA'd tomorrow right around this time. It wouldn't shock me at all um, if he's not traded for nothing. Cash considerations. Yeah, that's um, the only thing I've seen floating around is cash or pennies or, or like the number 30th prospect in an organization something like that but i mean it's just one of those things like hey now their number two prospect is a catcher their number six prospect i think it is is a catcher i would have to look exactly at the white Sox prospect rankings but i mean it it doesn't hurt to have multiple of these guys and We'll see what happens going forward with the prospects. But, I mean, how many of the top ten prospects were acquired in the last week? I think four now. Mm -hmm. And they added the Caro, Edgar Caro. He's a top 100 prospect. So that's obviously important when the entire league sees them as a top flight talent. So the White Sox, the farm system's better than it was a week ago. But Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn are gone, which are the two biggest you know, keys to the trades. Yeah, big bullpen pieces gone. Of course, you got two major starters gone. So, Vinny, it makes you wonder, what does it mean for the starting rotation for the White Sox? I guess it all depends on what happens tomorrow. I'm going to have a piece. <laughs> I, I'm going to have a piece on Southside Showdown come out tomorrow at around five o'clock p.m. It'll either be at five p.m. or six p.m. Something you know in that window after the pencils are down. Um, on what the rotation will look like, what the bullpen will look like, and what the 
batting order will look like post trade deadline. And if it were to be right now, I think uh, Dylan Cease would obviously be the one. Michael Kopech would be the two. Um, Schultons would probably be the three. And then Tukey would probably be the four. Or no, yeah. I forgot Clevenger. Excuse me. I oh, forgot that's if, he, that's if he remains. Yeah, that's if. Yeah, well, that goes for Dylan Cease and Dylan Cease too. too. And so I guess everybody. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, Dylan Cease, Clevenger, Kopech, Tukey, Schultons. Tukey and Schultons could go either way, but um, I mean that's not a good rotation, right? No, uh, it's a no, it's poopy not. rotation actually. Um, I'm starting to think Michael Kopech's a closer, which. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't hate that. You know, it's not like he's a bust if he becomes this sick closer. Does anybody think Liam Hendricks is a bust? Liam Hendricks is a failed starter that became a closer. And if that became of Michael Kopech, you know, nobody should really poo-poo on him for that. You carved out a really nice job in Major League Baseball. I'd do it if I could. But the starting rotation for the rest of the season is going to look pretty poopy. If they trade Dylan Cease to the Baltimore Orioles – I almost said Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, I'm excited for Thursday night football this week, the Hall of Fame game. That's right. Um, if, you know, they trade Dylan Cease to the O's or, you know, I know the Dodgers, there are 10 teams more, as he reported, as in on starting pitching. Wouldn't stun me at all. Um, but also, you have a pitcher under, you know, 27 years old that is elite and under team control for a couple of years. That can net you a lot of prospects, make no mistake about it. But, you know, it could also be something that, you know, you build around. And I am i don't know if a full-blown rebuild is necessary, but I also think it might be. So, you know, the Cubs, they didn't go through a full-blown rebuild. They never lost 100 games post-2016 World Series core getting traded. They never, you know, they kept Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks. And, yeah. you know, they didn't fire David Ross the White Sox don't necessarily have to go through like that 100 loss for three straight seasons type rebuild. They can do this the way they're doing it. I don't know if I trust their system to develop talent, but that's a story for another day. I just hope that whatever decisions they make before five o'clock tomorrow are ones that allow them to become a winning team by 2025. Is it five? It's five Eastern or five central tomorrow? Five central. I believe. I believe. I should actually probably check on that. That's like the most important minute of my week. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's going to be a big, big, big time tomorrow. But uh, we talked about starting pitching, but there's there's a lot of offense going around. There's a lot of rumors going around about Aloy Jimenez. There's rumors going around about Tim Anderson. Uh, I heard, I haven't heard any talk this week about it, but a week and a half ago, I was hearing the teams were interested in Jake Berger. I haven't heard any more talk about that. So I'm just, you know, Vin, what do you think the likelihood is that we either see Eloy or Tim or even Jake uh, moved over the next 24 hours? I'd be surprised if they traded Berger. Um, That might be just my personal bias standing in the way, but I hope, yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) I don't really see a team giving up much for a high slugging, low average designated hitter. Um, Eloy's a better hitter than Berger, even though Berger's got a little more pop in his bat these days. Um, He's fourth in the American League in home runs, I think. But if he's not hitting a home run, you're not 
necessarily relying on him to like get it done on a consistent basis. Otherwise, Eloy can do that. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll have a game a double that busts open a game. Let's let's put it this way: if someone came up to bat with the bases loaded and two outs, I'd rather it be Eloy than Jake Berger. But if somebody came up with bases loaded and you need a home run for like a walk off victory, I'd rather Jake Berger. I think so. You know, they're two totally different players. They both can't play defense at a high level, but Berger's better than Eloy and also more versatile. Um, play for second. That, <laughs> yeah, he could play second. He could play third. Um, I used to think he was a good fit, and everyone's going to hate me for saying this. I did think he was a good fit for the Cubs because he could be like their number seven hitter and third baseman. But they yeah. got um, Candelario today, our old buddy from the yep. Detroit Tigers who played this season on the Nationals. So we don't have to see our buddy Jake play for the Cubs, which is awesome. Um, the only reason I would have been happy for him is he would have had to not move very far, and then all of a sudden he'd be in a playoff race too. On a personal level, I'd be happy for him in that sense. Sure. But um, I don't really see Berger getting traded. I can see Jimenez getting traded to the Marlins. I would take the Brewers off the table. I've had a couple people tell me don't see the Brewers as an actual contender for um, Jimenez. Obviously, things could change. So if he gets traded to the Brew Crew tomorrow, don't come at me because as of this is as of right now. Um, but the Marlins, they would make a lot of sense for Eloy because of every team that's been in a playoff spot for a majority of this season, they have the worst offense. And I think them and yeah. the White Sox have the same amount of runs scored this season. But the Marlins are in a playoff spot in well, a good. Their pitching division. is legit. Their pitching is legit AF. And if they added a bat like Eloy right in the middle, imagine putting him batting third with Arise as your leadoff guy. I mean, there's a reason the Marlins are like all in on this. So we'll see what they're able to do. Their prospect farm isn't great. They only have one top 100 prospect. But you know, it'll be fun to see who goes for who. Um, I'm gonna say Eloy and Berger. Neither of them get traded. But Eloy more likely. What about our buddy Tim? I believe Tim Anderson will be traded by the trade deadline tomorrow. I will be a little surprised if he's not. I hope he's not. Um, so when people come at me and say, I thought you said Tim was going to get traded, I'm going to be like, I'm glad I was wrong. Um, because I just I think he provides so much value to a contending team. I mean, this is a guy, very few players in the league can say they've been a face of a franchise at any given point, even if it was a long time ago. Um, a long time ago for Tim Anderson is a year ago, because at the trade deadline last year, he was their best player, all-star face of the franchise. Gets a little hurt, struggles the first half of this season after um, – Hanser Alberto decided to take him out with his knee in the random game against the Twins in April, and he hasn't been the same since because he was great in the World Baseball Classic. But the World Baseball Classic made him tradable because of the fact that he could play second base. I see that him being, I see that being his position on his new team. Um, Because really, who needs a shortstop? What contender doesn't have a shortstop defensively better than Tim? Most of them do. Um, everybody could use a second baseman though, for the most part, um, the blue Jays would make a lot of sense for Tim. Um, I could see the Braves making a lot of sense for Tim, the Dodgers, not so much anymore. Um, cause they got Kike and then they got one other guy too. Yeah. Rosario. Was it Rosario mm-hmm. that went to the Dodgers? So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who 
But as of right now, I'm leaning. I'm 60% Tim gets traded, 40% he doesn't. Interesting, man. Crazy times that we're living in. Uh, a year and a half ago, more than that, we're talking about the blackout game. This whole unit is a comprehensive. We felt like this team was going to come back. They were going to, they had that big game. And since that game, they have just been, I would say, borderline unwatchable then. And it's, 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 I, I just can't believe the, the fall from grace. Yeah. There were great, there were great second half moments in 2021. There were. Right? Um, there were some. Tim Anderson's walk-off home run at the Field of Dreams. I know how much that game means to you. You have memorabilia of it literally surrounding you right now. I do. Um, obviously, there was the 4th of July game where Brian Goodwin hit a walk-off home run, and he threw the bat like 20 feet in the air. People might remember that game. Um, obviously, Dad, Dad, who's Brian Goodwin? Yeah. I don't know, son. We're Sox fans. No. Um <laughs> And then there was the game where Leary Garcia had the walk-off home run against the Boston Red Sox. That was late in the season. The game they clinched against Detroit. And then, of course, the ultimate, the blackout game. Great moments in the second half of that season. But they were a slightly above-average team in the second half of that season. But they were so great in the first half of that season that being average in the second half won them the division by double-digit games. And... And Cleveland decided to sell off at the end. Don't let that deteriorate. Mm -hmm. You know, they traded Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox, who was their second leading home run hitter at the time. I know he sucked with the White Sox, but he was really good with them. Um, You know, Cleveland trading off made the White Sox path to division even easier. Yeah. Um, Basically, since the Yermin Mercedes thing, things have not been fun. And they've been a complete dumpster file. This whole thing, as you mentioned, is a collective failure. Yeah, everyone I talk to, I bet a lot of people in New York, oh, you do you do podcasts? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do a White Sox podcast and a fantasy football podcast. They're like, oh, it must be tough to talk about the White Sox this year. They suck. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they do. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's ups and downs. Any, any, ball, any team's going to have that, unless you're the Yankees, who somehow find a way to be above 500 every year, and they are barely over now. But Aaron Judge is back, so who knows? John Heyman did just tweet that they are going to listen to offers for upcoming free agents. And the last time I remember the Yankees selling was 2016. They traded Andrew Miller to the Guardians and Chapman to the Cubs, and they met each other in the World Series. And they went seven games. And Chapman and Miller were both huge parts of the two bullpens. I think Miller had that game. Wasn't six. Miller the MVP of that World Series? Uh, well, no, they lost. Oh, the, right. The ALCS, I think he was the MVP. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Ben Zobrist and someone else were co MVPs of the World Series. Yeah, it was you're like right. Weird. Um, and maybe Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks and Ben Zobrist, co World Series MVPs. I don't remember. Um, but. You know, that's the last time I remember the Yankees selling, and they still finished the season over 500 as sellers. So we'll see what happens this year. I don't think they're going to make much noise buying-wise. If I were them, I'd sell every free agent. I'd consider trying to move Garrett Cole if I could and go for Shohei. 
that would be my mantra if I were the Yankees right now. But even if they trade for Shohei, what's because he he's a free agent at the end of the year, right? I'm not saying trading for Shohei. Oh, nobody's trading for Shohei. The Lucas Giolito trade to the uh, Angels confirmed that for me. They're yeah, not. They're, they're they're trying to win. Yeah, yeah. They're not acquiring Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, and they made one other trade to acquire a good player. I can't remember who it was. Um, the they're closer, not doing right? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The closer. They're not doing that if. Uh, they're trading Shohei. They're just not. So, but free agency, that's where the Yankees come to play. No, they come to pay. But I'm bumps. And uh, the other team in New York, and I, I was there, and it just so happens to be those teams are in the news. They're stinking it up, and they, they traded Max Scherzer yesterday and rumors to the Texas Rangers. And there's rumors, Vin, that they're also going to acquire the same team, the Texas Rangers, Justin Verlander. Um, how in the world could they could they have so many prospects to acquire both those guys? That's insane. Yeah, well, the Rangers are one of the smartest teams in baseball. They did exactly what I thought the White Sox were going to do, right? They built up this nice core, this nice core that began. They were all prospects, and they developed them, and they all came up at the same time. Remember that? Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Um. But then when it came time to buy their Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or whoever it might have been that you fancied at the time, um, they went out and spent a combined $300 million on, you know, Corey Seager. Or no, I think it's even more than $300 million. They spent a lot of damn money on Corey Mm -hmm. Seager and Marcus Semien. That's the middle of your infield for the next seven years. You build around them offensively. Yep. Build around them defensively. Okay. Now the Rangers, they have a couple extra prospects that make them expendable because of the development and the, you know, all the great things. It's basically what the Dodgers do, except the Rangers have only been doing it for like five or six years, where the Dodgers have been doing it for a consistent like 12 now. And, you know, they have the prospects to spare. They went out and got Scherzer. I think. I think they could go get Verlander. Oh, they spent money on DeGrom. They spent money on Eovaldi. They're Ooh, both hurt right now. Do you have Tommy, does he have Tommy John, right? I don't. I, he might be. I think he – maybe they're waiting it out. I don't know. I think if I can give any player that a full bill of health in history of sports, it would go Derek Rose 1, Jacob DeGrom 2, um, based on their history and their life and what I think they could have been had they been healthy just a tad bit longer. Eloy would be high on my list too. Um, But, I mean, Verlander, he could go anywhere. I could see the O's, the Rays. I could see back to the Astros, the Dodgers. It kind of would be life coming full circle if he went to the Cubs because he said, I remember hearing him say with his his own mouth, I want to play for the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs were like, we'll take Jose Quintana. But, I mean, you know, if he went there, it would be interesting. I don't necessarily – he's not. that's not the top team I think he's going to go to. But seeing him go to the Rangers would certainly be interesting. Hey, good for them. Good for the Rangers. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, look, they got Evaldi, Scherzer. Imagine if they had Verlander to that and they really yeah. have an offense that's really explosive. Uh, that could be the team to beat if they get uh, Verlander too. Would you find it a little funny if he went back to the Astros and then they won the World Series? I think that'd be kind of funny. I mean, I don't know if funny is the word. Annoying, maybe. 
<laughs> yeah, I like a good bad guy. And like the Astros but just, are the bad That's the thing is Justin Verlander is not a bad guy though. I like Justin. I like him for some reason. Well, I don't know why. Joe, I have no reason to like him. You and I have always kind of had a similar like I don't know if this is how you feel. It's just kind of something I assumed after all these years working together now. Mm-hmm. These division rivals that consistently put our face in their butts. Yeah. We kind of respect them and like them a little bit. Like whenever Jose Ramirez hits a home run, I'm like, oh, there he goes again. That's or probably when valid. Verlander's sick, I'm like, Verlander shoved it up the White Sox hoop as a member of the Detroit yeah. Tigers for all yeah. those years. I think I still think his most career wins are against the White Sox. Probably. I mean, he shit on our chest for like 30 years. Exactly. So, like, I don't know. Guys like that, I loved when Morneau came to the White Sox. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But, like, if I was a Twins fan, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Um, Joe Mauer <laughs> destroyed the White Sox. Salvador Perez. Oh, my God. These guys are all giving me. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, hey, it is what it is. Full circle, man. But uh, I tell you one thing, though. The trade deadline is always entertaining. There's no doubt about that. And for all of our baseball lovers in the group, I don't know why. We're not sponsored by Major League Baseball. I want to put this out there. But I did see, since I do have MLB ticket, they have a trade deadline special, Vinny. I don't know if you saw this. You can get the rest of the season for 30 bucks for all teams and all games. That's pretty damn good. That's just you trying to help your fellow man watch more baseball. And if yeah. you're in the Chicagoland area, which Joe is not, um, that's probably how you watch <laughs> the White Sox, right? Correct. Um, using that. But like when you lived in Illinois, you had to use the NBC Sports app like me. I use the MLB app to watch more exciting baseball than the White Sox. That's how I get my Shohei Otani. That's how I watch the Red Sox. I like to watch yeah. the Braves. That's all through MLB TV. Listen, if you only like the White Sox or you only like the Cubs, if that's all you mess with, that's fine. But there's so much more to the baseball life than those two teams, and it's so great, all of it. The Orioles. Oh, my God, do I love the Orioles. Vinny, it's funny. We were talking about this, oh, I don't know, man, maybe the second month when we had that huge day. They were off to a hot start. They were turning things around, the Orioles. And remember I said my my favorite team to watch? It's right when they started doing the sprinkler thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, they're they're so excited to watch, man. They're young, but they, they're just fun. I'm like, man, I hope they they win a lot of games. And like, look, now they're running right – they're starting – I dare I don't want to say the words, but they're starting to run away with it. But I don't want to fully commit to that because that division is very good. But I will say that they're they're looking like they're a playoff shoe in, barring massive collapse. And I tell you what, they're so fun to watch, man. That whole division, the AL East, is just ridiculous. Yep, the AL East and the NL West. If you're not watching those two divisions, I don't know what's wrong with you. The NL West just as good. The O's, I think they are a shoe in. Whoever wins the division out of the Rays and the O's, the other is going to be the top wildcard team. So, like, yeah, and listen, the Cincinnati Reds are like the National League version of the O's. They're not quite on that level yet. I think next year they have a chance to be. But, like, man, does the baseball world deserve a Reds versus Orioles World Series? Imagine having Ellie De La Cruz and Adley Rushman both batting third in the World Series. Like, that would just be unbelievable television. Like, sign me up for it. Um, if you're like extra baseball stories, the Braves are the best team in the National League, and it's not close. 
If they get bounced in the first round somehow, though, which is absolutely possible, they were bounced by an inferior team last year, the Philadelphia Phillies, who went all the way to the World Series. If they got bounced again somehow, the National League is wide open. If the Cubs sneak in as a second wild card, there's no reason they can't get to the World Series. I, I wholeheartedly believe that every team that makes the playoffs in the National League will have yeah. a chance to reach the World Series unless the Braves just dominate and run the table, which is also possible. Well, they just said that they're not a, they're not trading Cody Bellinger either, the Cubs. So, yep. and that's smart because I was hoping that they would hold on to him. I mean, why would at this point why why even bother when you know that division next year and potentially the rest of this season is still up for grabs? Yes, and I also think there's a sense of not becoming the White Sox <laughs> by not trading Cody yeah. Bellinger if you're the Cubs. And you're like, okay, we want to go get Shohei Otani this winter. At least we want to try. Why the H would Shohei Otani sign with a team like the Cubs if all they did was sign guys to one-year deals, watch them play really good, and then trade them? Which is, if they were to trade Bellinger, they would be on their like third straight season of doing that. You you keep Bellinger, you tell the world, hey, you know, we're the Cubs. We're going to try and use our financial might. To win this NL Central, let's be honest, the Cubs and the White Sox should dominate their divisions every single year. They're both they're the biggest markets in either division. And and the fact that they don't is just a disgrace to this great city. But I mean, Bellinger, he won the MVP in 2018. He he looks like that guy right now. And he's what, 28, 29? Yeah, he's not even like he's, he's not 32. You could give him a five-year deal, boom. You got your center fielder locked up for half a decade if you're the Cubs. I mean. And they should do that immediately. Yeah. I I would try my best to get it done by tomorrow. Um, I haven't really looked at the score of their Monday night game here tonight. I know that's going to obviously play a big role, too, I would think, because. They're losing six to four at the moment. They Uh, are losing. Top of the fifth. Okay. I mean, if they lose that game, they're five games out. If they win it, they're three. There's a huge, huge difference here. Um, it is. I see uh, someone hit a. Oh, okay. Uh, our guy Dansby Swanson hit a solo home run. Shocker. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Tonight's game is extremely important for them. So, I uh, got a little bit of an update, Vin. Uh, Andy Martino tweets that a deal between the Astros and Mets is not imminent, though it's certainly possible talks could yet pick up steam. And that's regarding Verlander? Correct. Wouldn't shock me at all. Would not shock me at all. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I'm interested to see how both New York teams handle the next couple days because – the Mets, the Mets are proof that you can't just go spend every like you need to draft and develop prospects too. Like, yeah, yeah. it's nice to spend. You you need to be the Rangers. You buy two big pieces when the time is right. Semyon and Seager. You don't build your entire baseball team off of stars with egos that Man, all make a hundred million. Like that's just not how this thing works. Um, yeah. You need six Peter Alonzos and two. Lindors or whoever big free agent you can get. Their entire starting rotation was built on free agency. Um, Those guys get old. They have down years. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Every now and then you get a Garrett Cole who you sign for all that money and he's great the whole contract. 
mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's just not always going to work. So they've already gotten rid of Scherzer. They got rid of, um, did they already trade Mike Canna? And I think they traded, uh, um, what's his name? The guy who we wanted on the White Sox, Bassett. They traded him away too. Yeah, I, I haven't been I haven't been following uh, everything from the Mets, but I do know that they're they're doing a bit of a fire sale as well. Hundred percent. And Vin, as right before we went live, the Cubs made a trade. I don't know if you saw that. Um, the Cubs and Royals swapped Jose Cuas for Nelson Velasquez. I think that's bullpen depth for the Cubs. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, they announced that they're not trading Bellinger. And then they make two acquisitions that imply they're buyers. Um, tough to lose a game to the Reds that same night. I don't know if they'll end up hanging on or not. People who are listening to the podcast on Tuesday are going to know the outcome and think I'm crazy. But, I mean, you know, sometimes I just admire going for it at the same time. And the Cubs are going for it. I wish the White Sox were. <sighs> Amen to that, man. Amen to that. Uh, I don't know, man. Trade deadline is always crazy time. And as, as I mentioned to you before we went live, we're not going to do our regular segments. I think everyone who's listening to the show right now knows that most of the team's hanging out on the Adam Dud list. You know, the, I, oh, there is one thing I did want to bring up, Vin, and I didn't even think about this until just now. But the next ball game that I'm going to is a game that you're going to. I think it's like August 26th or 27th or something 26th. like that. 26th, yep. Could it be the first bobblehead day where the player is not on the team? We will find out tomorrow. I know that happens in other cities. Um, I can't remember where it was. Would they still give it away? Yeah, I think they would. I think they would because there's – I can't remember where it was. There was a bobblehead where they gave it away and that player had been traded away. I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, though. It was recently. It was either last year or the year before. And I think they would get what are they, they that's a lot of money to just throw away. Yeah, I was gonna say they have to be I'm sure they're manufactured already and in a warehouse. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about Dylan Cease Bobblehead Day. I believe it's August twenty sixth. It's a Saturday day game or early after early evening game, something like that. And the Sox are giving away Dylan Cease Bobblehead. He's got the nasty stash and everything. Uh, but yeah, uh, I was thinking about that. I was talking about it with my wife today and I was like, well, I'm assuming they'd still give them away because they probably have 20,000 of them sitting in the warehouse somewhere. Yeah. And I also, it would just be a poor business decision to not give them away. Cause then people, there are going to be people who just choose not to go to the game. We know good and well that there are plenty of people that go to white Sox games for giveaways, go get your bobblehead, eat a hot Myself dog. And included. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes that. That's never the sole purpose. Love that. Absolutely love that one. It's never the sole purpose I go to a game, but it could be a tiebreaker. Absolutely. Like, hey, what are they giving away that game? Oh, let's yeah, let's go to that one. Um, they actually, I don't know if it happened yet, but I saw the advertisement for the Greek Heritage Night hat, and that yeah. hat looked badass. It's the same hat they did for Italian Heritage Night, except they slapped a Greek flag on it and Greek wording. Love it. <laughs> but, you know, no one going that night's going to know that except for, you know, well, I'm not going that night, but I know because I pay attention. But yeah. But nonetheless, I'm not taking anything away from it. You know, No, 100%. I get what you're saying. 
But uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool handouts the rest of the season. As I was saying on last week's show in the comments, when I was lost, Brooks Boyer's got to be the MVP for the White Sox this year, right? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I mean, those are always the things people look forward to and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, basically anybody besides the front office players, man, coaching squad um, deserves to be in the conversation for MVP of the team. We're more valuable to the team. Yeah, man. But uh, trade deadline is fun. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to some games and hopefully seeing some prospects. Maybe it'll make this team more fun to watch especially if they unload Grandal to somebody tomorrow. And then we can see Sebi with, I'm sure the top prospect would probably get called up, right? Maybe. Um, there's a chance. Are uh, they double A? Let me see where they put Edgar Carroll. Hold on. I actually forget exactly where they slapped him right now. Um, White Sox top prospects. That looks like the Super Smash Bros logo. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, they got Edgar Carroll in double A. So probably um, not. But Corey Lee is in AAA. The, uh, he's the number 13 prospect in the system. They got him for Kendall Graveman. Nice. So, so Sebi and Lee, maybe we could see that. Yeah, that would be really cool. I wouldn't hate a, a Carroll-Lee um, duo in the coming years, though, right? And, oh, Hackenberg is in um, AAA as well. He was drafted by the White Sox in the 18th round of the 2021 draft, but he found himself in the top 30 prospects list, which is wow. not bad for a, you know an 18th round pick. Like You don't think, oh, the 29th best prospect in the White Sox system, that's a guy I'm looking forward to. Well, if they were the 18th round pick and they made their way up that far, like why not give them a shot? Sure. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean – they got to be more exciting in the second half with young, hungry players than they would with some veteran, some disgruntled veterans. So um, I'm excited to see that. So as a White Sox fan, there's there's a little bit of a little bit of glitter on it to make it nice and shiny. So yeah, you know, nothing would have been worse than if they just stayed put and kept Giolito and kept Lynn and just ran out this season and tried to run it back next year. At least there's clearly change being made now. It is recognized that the rebuild has failed and they're going to try and do something about it to either get it back on the right track or rebuild again. Wow. There's not much else to say, Vin. These, this trade deadline is – I'm glued to ESPN. I'm glued to Southside Showdown, fan-sided to get all this information and – you guys are busy reporting it. I know Vinny's not going to have very much sleep uh, over the next 40. Well, I don't want to speak for you, Vin, but I'm assuming you're not going to get too much sleep tonight. Um, last night, I made the call to go to bed at midnight. And because like trades have happened. Um, mm -hmm. It was funny. I was in Wisconsin last week and we had a night where I had to get up early for a trip to Devil's Lake, Wisconsin, for those of you who have been there. Um, beautiful, beautiful scenery. You could swim in the lake. There's ice cream. I mean, the scenery is just unreal. In, there's ice cream in the lake? No, it's not in the lake. But oh, they shit. Have a really oh. good ice cream stand right there. I know. I worded <laughs> that poorly. Um, I would like an ice cream lake. but Yes, me too. I would swim in a lake made of ice cream, to be honest yes, with you. Definitely. Um, but at freaking 1130, it was right after the White Sox just got done 
getting smoked by the Cubs. It was the day they got killed. And I was like, really? At 1130, you're going to announce this Giolito trade? I want to go to bed. And I ended up not getting to bed when I wanted to. But tonight, I think, will be a different story. It kind of annoyed me that it, like, I'm sitting all at my computer all day here today just writing rumor pieces. And right at 5 o'clock, which is when I kind of like taper back a little bit and try and enjoy my night just a tad, that's when Candelario got traded. And that's when all these rumors started coming out about this and that and the other. I'm like, really? You couldn't? Have, you guys just couldn't have did this at 11? Like you had to wait till the, like the late af- afternoon? So we'll see how it goes tonight. If it's quiet from 11 to midnight, I'll go to bed and wake up early so I could be ready for tomorrow. But tomorrow's going to be a busy day. Our guy, Robert Murray, um, fan-sided's official MLB oh, yeah. insider. He has broken a couple things today. He had the return going back to the Washington Nationals for Candelario before anybody. And, you know, we're, we're all really proud of him. Robert's younger than me. I'm pretty sure Robert's younger than me, which is crazy how successful he is. And I'm a huge fan of his work. So fansided.com to read Robert's stuff. Uh, He'll, he's the guy he's out by Robert Murray on Twitter. Like he's the guy you want to be following for the trade deadline. So yes, Joe, a, that's a long winded way of saying we, we got a lot of work to do between now and I'm not even going to say five o'clock tomorrow, probably till around six o'clock tomorrow is when the trade deadline will. Yeah, officially there'll be, be like, stuff at the buzzer. For yeah. Sure. There'll be stuff at the buzzer. And then you start recapping. Like I said, this is what the rotation's going to look like. And this is what the bullpen's going to look like, blah, blah, blah. But Hey, it's fun. There could, there's worse things to be doing out there. There is no doubt about that. Vin uh, next week's show. It's though. Might, there's going to be a whole new, I don't want to say a whole new, but there's definitely gonna be a different look. White Sox team. Um, I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm just excited to to get some fresh new faces because I don't know about you, Vin, but I'm 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 tired of the White Sox the way they are right now, and I think they're getting there. They're they're five, we said five guys have been moved since in the last four days, five days. So uh, that number is going to go up tomorrow. I got a very strong feeling about that. I agree. Um, Tim Anderson. Keenan Middleton and Aaron Bummer are the names I would look out for the most as of right now. Is there uh this guy's untouchable, right? You'd hope. I don't believe anybody in professional sports should be untouchable besides Connor McDavid and Shohei Otani. Um because like Wayne Gretzky was traded in his prime. Probably shouldn't have been, but he was. Um if you're a baseball team 25 games under 500 um, I really, safe. I really think nothing should be off the table. If they, if they had an Otani, they wouldn't be this bad, right? Like I know Robert Jr. is amazing, and I would keep him unless the pack. But like there are packages out there that you know I think would make me think twice. Like I look at the Baltimore Orioles, right, and they have six prospects in the top 100. If they called Rick Hahn tomorrow and said, "We're gonna give you," Jackson Holiday, Colton Cowser, and Jordan Westberg for Louise Robert Jr. I would take it. I would absolutely take it. Um, but obviously, there are crazier things that can happen in sports. So I would guess Robert's not moved, and he's as close to untouchable as you can get for the White Sox. 
but anything should be possible. Anything is possible with the right return. So White Sox fans and baseball fans, keep your eyes peeled tomorrow, MLB trade deadline. Check out Fansided. Make sure you're following Vinny Parisi as well uh, at Windy uh, at the Windy City FS. F-S? Okay, yeah. yep. And then, of course, Southside Showdown. You can maybe if you want, you can follow me, but I'm I'm not going to break your news. I'm just going to give you my thoughts, which is really <laughs> really cool. What like that's basically all I do. Too. I'm not breaking any news. I'm just giving my thoughts. So yes, follow Joe Mano. He's equally as important to me. His opinions are probably even better uh, than mine. I don't know about that, but I You're appreciate a- it. I I put out a tweet that I thought was the greatest tweet I've ever put out, and it got five likes the other day. Was I one of them? Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to call you out if you weren't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on. I'll look. Yes, you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Because, all right, I got to tell people what it is because I felt really good about it. I told my wife about it before mm-hmm. I tweeted it out, and she thought it was freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know what White Sox Twitter was thinking, not blowing this up, but I did the dra- – it was the Dragon Tales theme song from the show in the night, like the nineties. You know the show Dragon Tales, Vin, right? Oh yeah, Dragon Tales, yeah. Dragon yeah, I, Tales. And I, I redid the song lyrics to to make to the tune. I did to the song to the tune of the theme song about the White Sox trading, and I did fire sale, fire sale, Rick and Kenny's fire sale. Come along, rebuild again. Let's all go to Jerryland. And I got five likes. We need to help get that blown up. Yeah, it's too late. It's all right. Oh, never, thanks, Finn. Thanks, never, Finn. Never say <laughs> never. He gives me another like. <laughs> That's right. awesome. It, who doesn't it, like who doesn't like Dragon Tales? Oh, apparently only six people. <laughs> Five. I was two of them. <laughs> oh, right. You're right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's funny. all right, man. I uh, I just, I thought it was so funny. And you know, when you think a tweet's better than it actually is, you like really uh, get invested in it. I thought it was hilarious, but that's no, all that That's awesome. That's awesome. You do great work for White Sox Twitter. Don't let anybody tell you differently. I promise you that much. I, didn't, I haven't done a whole lot of tweeting the last couple. Well, I, in New York, I definitely didn't do too much. But yeah, it's all good. well, I mean, when the team stinks, it's hard. It's it's hard to just keep on top of it. But just gotta have fun and keep making fun of people that are involved with the organization. All my all my all my tweets that I put out are like stupid dad puns. Like I said, to Saint, gonna get out of this inning. <laughs> That's comedy. I think once you become a dad, it's just like it's part of your DNA from that moment on. Yeah, it's it's been seen by a lot of people, but only liked by one for that terrible tweet. So <laughs> <sighs> that's why you guys tune in for this show. It's to get the terrible dad joke humor. And no, I'm just kidding. You could tune in for the fun baseball talk and banter between a bunch of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disgruntled white side fan. Yeah, I almost said Goombas, but then that would some people, you know, might. I don't know if Zim. I guess Zim's Italian. Does he have some Italian in him? Uh, probably. Everybody has a little bit. But right? I guess you could be a Goomba without being Italian. You know? Yeah, I think every Yankee fan's a Goomba. 
They wear the chains. They they could be half Irish and half German, and I would still call them a Goomba because they walk What's... around with the chains and they're like twenty seven rings, bro. Twenty seven rings. What's well, funny you because like <laughs> it's funny. Goomba is one of those words that I sometimes I use it as like oh it's a he's a goofball and is Goomba as a goofball and sometimes Goomba is like oh Christopher from the Sopranos is a Goomba. You know it's. <laughs> Is that even a is that a slur? I'm I'm Italian and I don't even consider it one. I don't think it is because Super Mario still uses the term. Oh yeah, well they're mushrooms though. Yeah, but like, would they call their mushrooms a a Goomba if it was like this offensive word? I don't think they would. Dude, sorry, Vinny, you brought up Super Mario and I have to bring up something mind blowing. And this is why the people tune in because yeah. there's these weird tidbits. I found out a Super Mario factoid that absolutely blows my mind. And I have to share it with everyone. So you know how Super Mario in the games he goes, "It's a me, a Mario." Yeah. Right. Huh? You think it's just him just being Italian doing the "It's a me." It's a me, a Mario. In I, I and correct and I could it's it's Asian language, so I don't know if it's Chinese or Japanese. So I, I don't want to say if it's one or the other. But it's a me, it's me in Japanese or Chinese, whichever one it is, means super. He's not saying it's a Mia Mario. He's saying Super Mario. That is awesome. And that it works. So awesome. And it works in the English language too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Japanese. Nintendo is for sure a Japanese. I'm company. okay. Yeah. So that would probably make sense then. That I didn't want to awesome. say it wrong though. It's Sumi Mario. Means it's Sumi. Yeah. It's Super Mario. No, and... he's just it. It's Sumi means super. Oh, so he's saying Super Mario. Got it. Got it. And obviously, Mario translates to Mario. So, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. I, I saw that on TikTok the other day, and my mind ever since is just like. That's crazy. I can't wait. Sh- I can't wait to the tell. All the time. There are like five people I can't wait to tell that to. Right? <laughs> And I think like the our listeners are going to be like, oh, my God, I listen to this podcast. And that's the takeaway. <laughs> yes. Not anything you learned about what might happen at the trade deadline tomorrow. Just a little bit of Japanese culture slash uh, linguistics for you. Yeah. And the Mario and the Nintendo store sucked in Times Square. Yeah. Screw the Nintendo store. Although, speaking of Japanese culture, Vin, I'm just going to go off the rails a little bit more because why not? When I was in New York, my, my wife had a, you know, a, a day in, on like Monday morning where she had a bunch of stuff to do with her, her work, and I just kind of got to venture. There's this amazing Japanese like sushi restaurant in, in like the Iron District, or the, the Flatiron District where I was, called Sugarfish. And they have what's called a, an omakase menu. Mm-hmm. Which is like the chef just makes you whatever the hell he wants, and like what's amazing, you know? Yeah. And you don't pick; you just let him do it for you. I would trust him. I did it. Hell yeah! It was I amazing. Wasn't... Oh, dude, I'm sure. Dude, it was in- unbelievable. And what's interesting is in I guess in Japanese culture, there's no tipping. So it's the first restaurant I ever went to that's a no tip restaurant. Interesting. All the costs of a gratuity are included in the pricing. Huh? So I did this whole meal and it was, it wasn't like an insane amount of food, but it was a first sushi restaurant for like a high end sushi restaurant. It was a pretty good amount of food. Yeah. And it included like edamame in the start and whatever. And 
Like the only thing that I thought was a little priced high was a soft drink at four dollars, but it had yeah. refills. But I think I got this whole meal for like forty eight dollars. Wow. Not bad. Not bad at and all. And it was freaking amazing, Vin. Yeah. If it was delicious and you were like pretty satisfied from the portion. I'll go back. I told my wife, I'm like, we're going back because there's like three levels. There's like the low level, there's the medium, and then there's like the super off the chain. I did the medium one because yeah, it was lunch. For sure. But next time I'm like, I'm doing the bad I'm doing the big boy. Yeah, time. go there for dinner and do the big dog. I mean, that sounds amazing. You said it was the flat iron district. Is that is that by the Daily Bugle? I don't know where the Daily Bugle Bugle is. <laughs> the, it, da- the Daily Bugle The Daily Bugle building is the flat iron building. Okay, so then yes. It's Literally where I went to Sugarfish, Vinny. Remember when I sent you to the Harry Potter store? Yeah, it's right over there. It's a block over. Yeah. Okay. I So I remember, it's funny, we left the Harry Potter store and I went and took pictures by the building. Have you seen Spider-Man? How did I not with, realize that? Yes. With Tobey Maguire? Dude, I'm an idiot. Yes. The building where the Daily Bugle is with J. Jonah Jameson. Parker, bring me more pictures of Spider-Man. That's yeah. the Daily Bugle building is the flat I iron I didn't even building. connect the dots, yeah. And so I was like, let me tell you, Katie, she didn't give a F that this was the Daily Bugle building. And why should she? It's just a dumb, nerdy thing that I'm obsessed with. And I'm like, I have to take a picture of I should have building. known that. I didn't think. And oh, my God. But yeah, the Harry Potter store was right around the block from there. Yeah. That's right. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. That looks delightful for those listening on spotify and whatnot he's showing me pictures of the sushi that just looks incredible yeah so like it's called the nozawa trust me menu and it came with edamame then there was tuna sashimi with ponzu and chives Uh albacore salmon a toro hand roll which i don't even know what toro is i'm sure i could probably google it right now to tell our listeners because it was delicious whatever it is yeah of course Um, why would it not be um toro of course it shows me the freaking snowblower company when i google it (laughs) uh toro is the underside of the fish close to the head so there's that uh also had japanese yellowtail uh chitoro uh sea scallop and new zealand bream Mm. with a blue and dungeness crab hand roll it was most delicious that sounds delightful oh i was i so next time i'm in new york i don't will the harry potter store still be there isn't that like a pop-up it should be i don't that's not a pop-up oh okay well when i go back to the harry potter store because i told myself next time i'm going to new york i'm going with 200 dollars specifically put aside for the harry potter store like it'll Mm -hmm. it's budgeted in it wouldn't be just me buying a special yeah see yep love that mine's filled with coins and screws though now yeah but it's still cool and i'm gonna get a wand or i think i want two wands and so i think i'm gonna do that and have those on display um but I think when I go, I will make sure that the the sushi place where you trust your chef is on the list for sure. Oh, hell yeah, man. I uh, very much will hit you up with that next time. But uh, I've never done an omakase menu before, and I will do it every opportunity I get now. Very good. That's what I like to hear. I love trusting a good, a good chef to make me a meal. Oh, God, yeah. Have you watched The Bear? I have not, and everyone wants me to. I'm almost done with Ted Lasso, and I think that's next. 
Yeah, my wife and I watched the first like three episodes like six months ago, and we're like, oh, it's great. You know, then life takes over and you miss it. And then we picked it back up yesterday and we're almost done with season one. So, oh, yeah, cool. Did you ever do Ted Lasso? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Ted Lasso guy. I, ironically, I got about halfway through season two and then I got distracted by other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm not, I'm still got to finish half of season two and all of season three. So, so I passed you. Wow. And I just started like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Something Roy like Kent. that. Love Roy, Roy Kent. I love Roy Kent. If they, I always said, if they made a video, he reminds me of Paul Bissonette, former NHL player, host of the Spit and Chicklets podcast. He looks yeah. just like him, and they kind of have a similar. Biz is a little more funny and goofy, but I think if they were to like make a movie about his career and his life, um, because it is kind of like a unique story, his career and his life, they would get the guy who played Roy Kent to play Biz. <laughs> Just so, so funny. I like when he looks at people, and I know this is a family show, so I won't say it out loud, but he looks at uh, him. Goes, it doesn't matter, man, at this point. He goes, F you. <laughs> Just <laughs> my favorite. He's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's a great show. There's so many great shows on TV right now. Have you, are you a Righteous Gemstones guy, Vin? I've heard of it. I have not started it. Oh, dude. I know. I know. I've heard of so many like great shows. It's like you're going to you're going to disappoint someone. If you didn't see at, something. Something. Yeah. Something like like I've seen a lot. I feel like I watch a lot. And, but then somebody asked me if I've seen this. And then when you tell them, no, their soul leaves their body and they like hate you. Well, <laughs> you. I tell you what, you you'll absolutely love Righteous Gemstones. I'm sure you're a Danny McBride guy. You like Danny McBride? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'll give a quick synopsis to our our listeners. It's they're basically a mega church, right? John Goodman's their father. He's kind of like the Joel Olstein guy. And then they have, he's got three kids, which is one of them's Adam Devine, one of them's uh, Danny McBride, and the other is what the heck is the actress's name? Uh, googling it now i can't remember hmm. um anyway she's really funny she's been in a lot of stuff uh Edie patterson you'd know her if you saw her face yeah um and it's just ridiculous man I, I i can't tell you too much without giving away the story but it's typical danny mcbride um i don't want to even give away it's so freaking funny man all right well i'm gonna have to look into it i mean i'm obviously uh interested that does sound funny i didn't even give you too much to go on because i didn't want to ruin it i, I could go a million different ways but i'm like yeah no <sighs> just just let me watch it just let me get into it yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking i'm like i can't mess it up for this guy yeah for sure but highly recommend it of course the bear is amazing like i talked to you about and so many damn shows not enough time Absolutely. But with the writer's strike, we might all have to watch something in the next couple of years anyway. So Yeah, for real. Did you watch Quarterback? I am about halfway through it. I'm loving it. Is it weird that I love Kirk Cousins now? I haven't watched a single episode yet. I was kind of on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon before this. Just because so I, was I. I did so think. Was I. Yeah, good. Because you're smart. I did think he was kind of funny. I thought that you like that was hilarious. And I loved the, ooh, wee moment like i loved all of it and i also think he 
is an above average quarterback. He's a B plus quarterback. And just because he's not super elite like Mahomes or Burrow, like that doesn't mean you can't win with it. Like he's better than Nick Foles who won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like he's probably better than Joe Flacco who won a Super Bowl. Like you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins if the team around him is okay. I don't necessarily think the Vikings are that right now. But I mean, I'm happy to hear that people are kind of getting him on their good side after watching the show. I heard the show does good things for Brittany Mahomes and her reputation, but I've also heard it makes Jackson Mahomes look like an even bigger asshole than we already thought he was. I'm I haven't seen any Jackson yet in the show. I'm I'm about the halfway point, so I'm sure he's probably bigger in the second half of the season. But does it rotate? Yes. Okay, so it's not one episode per player. No, so it's like they're all in each episode. Got it. I never thought I never thought like I I know Kirk Cousins has the personality, so that part doesn't surprise me. And then Patrick Mahomes might be the most polarizing player in the entire NFL because of his ability. I would have never thought Marcus Mariota would be lumped in with two guys like that and people like it. I think it's because they're trying to do like the elite middle ah that's how i took it okay so like next season they would have burrow um i heard yeah fields declined but which makes no sense to me he didn't close the opportunity to do it in the future though when he's a little bit more established where his kind of exact words or like his thoughts i guess but like so next season it could be burrow Who's a middle Danny Daniel Jones and then like maybe Andy Dalton or something like that? If it goes yeah. on that theory, I can see like um, what the who's the Titans drafted? Will Will Bevis, right? Oh, uh, Levis. I, Will Levis. I could see him next year because I. Spoiler alert for my fantasy shows, everybody. I think Will Levis is going to be a fantasy super sleeper. Wow. I like to hear that. The Andre Hopkins makes him very valuable. Okay. I mean, obviously they gotta get some offense going, but super sleeper. I like him for late round flyer. Okay. I like that. Be ready for fantasy football goon here on the Barroom Network later this fall. That's right. We are uh, about a month away from doing a preview show, so I gotta talk with those guys of course my co-hosts john santucci the tooch and adam shawm we'll get you guys ready because fantasy season's not that far away then i still say my greatest achievement in fantasy history is winning lucky bastard league winning the guillotine league i know more about football than all of you i won the guillotine league um and i'm excited to defend my crown this upcoming season Dude was in like the bottom three like six times and still won. <laughs> My, it's funny. I'm, I obviously don't know more about football. I know you guys are incredible. You're ten times. I'm not shitting on Vinny. I'm just thinking how funny it is. No, you guys know way more about. I'm 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 still a student of the game for sure, but. You played the game to win, though. My yeah, and my theory was don't get cut. That was my only. That's- that it's was the only my, strategy. To but win. I think there are some people too obsessed. And this was me in year one. You might remember I was near the top every week and then all my money was gone. And then when bye weeks came and Stafford got hurt, I had nothing. You got to skate by. You, yeah. you have to be middle to lower end of the pack to start. 
And then in week, I think it was like week 12, 13, 12, that's when I I spent money early on Mahomes because I had a couple too close calls. I was like, okay, let's get Mahomes in there. And that's when, that's when I started to like come in third to last and fourth to last and stuff like that. And then I'm like, okay. And by the end, I'm able to buy Travis Kelsey. And I can't, there was another running back I paid big, but you don't, by that point, everybody, I had the most money, even though I didn't have all that much money, you could start getting elite players for a dollar. And I'm like, this is the key to winning, I think. And, you know, you have to get a little lucky too, but I'm pumped for the guillotine league. I know. I got to talk to Tooch, see how that's going. Yeah, exactly. And we'll do a little teaser here, but we are going to, we're trying for Fantasy Football Goon to put together a listener league. Oh, very so good. Be fun. I want Foster in it. Uh, Foster's in the chat. He likes your glasses, he said. Thank you, um, Foster. And uh, hopefully that means Foster will play it, or maybe some of the guys from the Bears Country podcast will are being part of the league. But uh, anyway, fantasy football, football season's upon us. It's more exciting than the White Sox, but we'll get a lot of great news tomorrow on baseball for the trade deadline. I told Vinny before the show, the show was going to go an hour. We're at an hour and 20. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're wrapping up, that's cool. But um, make sure make sure you stay following along because we're going to do Crosstown Crosstalk. I don't know exactly which day, but it'll be just like this show, except the opposite. It'll be recapping what we saw rather than previewing what we're going to see. And I'm excited to do it whenever that is. It'll be sometime later this week. Um, and then um, fansided.com. We got the best of the best in terms of writing at the division of MLB at Fansided. Every site, every team has a site. Um, I know my friends at Birdwatcher, which is the Baltimore Orioles site, are going to be Izzy. responding. They're going to be responding to my – Southside showdown piece trading ceased to them so they're gonna have an art like a response article it's like a diss track i had my diss track this morning and they're gonna respond to me tomorrow morning and then we're gonna fight um what if they, no. what if they just say yeah let's do it no they're they probably hate my trade packages i was kind of overzealous with what i believed cease is worth but um i'm excited to see that i know yanks go yard is gonna be huge um, just because they always are huge. They're amongst our division leaders every single week. Um, Cubby's crib. I know we got some Chicago Cubs fans like Foster. Um, you know, Cubby's crib does great stuff. So make sure you're following along. Fansided tons and MLB. Tons and tons of great content. Follow Fansided, follow Vinny, follow Southside Showdown, to Windy City FS, all of the above. And at Joe Mandel, most importantly. Oh, geez. Yeah, you can look look at me tweet about Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales. That's exact. Sounds just like that. Yep. Don't miss out. But no, uh, it's been a fun show, Vin. We covered a lot. We talked about a lot of White Sox trades, a lot of leagues, a lot of trades in general. We talked about Cubs trades, which Foster said the Cubs made some moves today. Yes, Foster, we discussed them. Probably before you tuned in, but maybe you were tuned in. I don't know. But uh, lots going on in Major League Baseball. And we talked about other teams, the Mets. We talked about the Orioles. We talked about the Rangers, who all of a sudden are a powerhouse team. A lot of stuff happening. More in the next 24 hours. Ben, before we dive out of here, uh, you got any shout-outs or any last-minute thoughts? My girlfriend, Katie, who I love. Thank you. 
for always supporting and being there and not getting too uh, annoyed at me because at basically all day today I've just been sitting at the kitchen table grinding out content to make sure that the trade deadline is good from a Chicago standpoint. Um, obviously, um, I appreciate you very much. And uh, Mom, Dad, Joey, I love you too. I love it. I love it, Ben. And uh, Foster says, I was at awake, going to go back and listen. Thanks for making me feel horrible, Foster, <laughs> for calling you out, for not being, <laughs> not missing it, not seeing it in the beginning. But no, it's 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 all, it's all good, man. We appreciate you, brother. And uh, always appreciate the support. Uh, I'll give a shout out to everybody in the chat tonight uh, to start things off. Uh, our buddy Gabe was hanging out with us and uh, Phil Selig from Cuba Dugout talking about Luis Robert. He's t- he told us earlier this season that the Sox depended on a lot of bounce backs, rebound seasons, which shocker, we didn't get. Uh, and then, of course, Foster, who says uh, it's all good. Appreciate it, Foster. Uh, I want to give a mega shout out to my beautiful wife for an amazing job with her work event in New York and for letting me tag along. <clears throat> shout out to my amazing in-laws for watching my daughter. While we were gone, they are very happy and, and love being there. She, I'm sorry. She was very happy and loves being with her grandparents on that side. And, um, you know, she's very comfortable there. And it's like we never left. So thank you to them for that. And, of course, my beautiful daughter, Audrey, and my great Dane Maverick. I love you all very, very much. You guys all, you, Catherine. And my daughter, Audrey and Mav, you make life worth living. You make it all beautiful. And that's what it's all about. Uh, also, a special, special, special shout out to the barkeeper, Aldo Gandia. You are the reason we do this. You are the reason we uh, have this passion for sports. We're the reason, well, one of the reasons we have a passion for sports. And you're the reason that we're able to do this and have this platform. Uh, we love you, brother, with all our hearts. And just know that we appreciate you more and more every single day and we'll never ever be able to repay you for letting us have this platform we love you and we're always with you brother absolutely love you aldo you're the best and uh with that said vin trade deadline tomorrow lots of stuff going on stay tuned lots of news coming from fan-sided of course you can stay tuned here to the barroom network uh, because I believe Bear Their Souls has Devin Aroshimadu, former Bear, I think it's tomorrow. I'd have to double-check the schedule. It's coming up this week. So that's going to be fun with the Tooch, Dan Aguirre, and um, I think there might be some other guests on the show. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be fun nonetheless. And Foster says the good old podfather, of course, got to send the love, as always, to Mr. Aldo Gandia. But for the South Burb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. The guy in the sunglasses is Vinny Parisi. Steven Zim Zimmerman couldn't be with us tonight, but we'll be back next week. Look at Vinny giving the, the sizzle to the camera right there. Katie, Katie's going to screenshot that and make that her screensaver on her phone. Um, <laughs> if she does, you need to send it to me. But nonetheless, for the South Burb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi. We will see you guys next week with a brand new look White Sox team, even though they stink, as always. Let's go, White Sox.